Welcome to the TBMX podcast, show number two. It's Tyler Brown here, and we are back in the studio. Actually, not really. I'm sitting in my office. I got my phone out recording this right now. We got back from Rock Hill late last night. Bags didn't make it, so it's straight home in bed, and it's Monday morning. I'm sitting here having a cup of coffee and thinking, you know what? We better do podcast number two. Everything's still fresh from the weekend, so what a better time. I got to be out to the Supercross track soon, run a session from a man, Jared Garcia, get him healed up. He's all healthy and getting moving again, so I got to make sure he gets his track time in and getting ready to go for the World Cups coming up. up. But I wanted to talk to you guys, hit a little podcast, and talk about some good stuff that happened over the weekend. Let's see, what do we have first up on the weekend? Uh, I wanted to go over the race results. We had a couple big races over the weekend. It was uh, here in the USA. It was USA National Championship. We had USA BMX stops. I don't know. What is it? Seven and eight, something like that. I think it was the fourth weekend of the USA BMX series. But on the other side of the world, we had Verona, Italy. It was one of the Euro rounds this weekend. And I got a little bit of race results from that as well and just kind of talk about the Euro races. So let's kick off. We'll start with that and talk about Verona, Italy. Um, It was funny. I saw something over the weekend from I think 15 BMX posted it and they did the rider count of the weekend. I think it was like 109 elite men, 78 juniors, 29 elite women, and 25 junior women. And on the flip side, we compare that to Rock Hill, and the guys just had, what was it? They just had semis. They had maybe like 25 guys and elite men. Vet Pro is actually the second biggest pro class of the weekend. We had 17 guys on the first day. Junior classes were total points both days. They could just fill up one rack, and elite women, I think, had two racks. And even the A Pro class was pretty small this weekend. So it was kind of funny to kind of compare. And I was talking to Joris, like, what what's the big difference between the USA and over in Europe, and why is the rider count so much bigger? And I think because in the USA, like – there's such an emphasis on that amateur class and that number one amateur title, which don't get me wrong, that's awesome. Like I'm all for that amateur title. But kind of in Europe, when you turn 17, like if you're decent and like you're a good national, like if you would be like a USA expert caliber rider, you just, you go junior elite. And then once you're 19, like you turn elite, like you just, you don't stay amateur, you don't race expert, unless you're more of a newer rider or maybe you're just kind of a local rider and you don't do as many of the national stuff. But like in Europe, like you just you just go junior and then you turn elite. So I think that's kind of the biggest difference in the rider class. Like if you were to combine kind of maybe the 17, 18 expert class of years past with our, I mean, it would you'd have a pretty decent junior class at some of these races. So I think that's the kind of biggest difference. But uh, race result wise, we had another weekend of Dutch domination. Um, on the women's side, Smolders won both days. You had Australian Saya Sakakibara in there on the podium as well. But at the end of the day, it was all a Laura Smolders show. She dominated both days and looked really good out there. On the men's side of things, I don't even know what else is to be said about this dude. Neek is just an absolute animal. Yes, he did it again both days, and surprise, surprise, the guy picked gate eight. At this point, I kind of wonder if he's just picking gate eight just as like to kind of give himself a little bit more of a challenge just because the guy is just so fast. I mean, we watched him do it in Manchester a week or two ago, and on such a small track to be able to win from lane eight was impressive. But, I mean, watching him this weekend, like the guy had a bike length lead by the second jump down the first straightaway, and he was just killing it. Uh, Renaud Blanc from Switzerland, he got on the podium. 
on the first day as well. Davo is second place over there. Shout out to Davo. He must have been eating his pancakes, doing his thing over there. But the racing was pretty good. The track looked really, really big, actually. It looked one of those ones that was fun to ride, but definitely a big track. So I'm going to be interested to see. I think I think it's going to be kind of a, a dominating force right now between kind of a little bit what we saw last year between the Dutch team and the French national team to start off these World Cups at the beginning of the year. We're going to be heading over to Manchester and then week off and then we'll have Poppendal. And I think that you're going to have to really keep an eye on those French and Dutch team guys. I think they're going to be bringing the heat. And then shortly after that for World Cup stop number three, we're going to be going directly to Paris, the home of the team where they all train and ride. And those guys are going to have that track on lock. Uh, but I mean, I was really also impressed with the Swiss guys. David Graff, looking fast as always, looks like he made a couple little mistakes, but he was in the podium position. Like I said, Renata, Renaud Blanc, he made his way through the pack. That guy, he's just, for me, he's just fun to ride. Like I spent some time with the guy away from the races, away from the World Cups. He came out and sp- spent a few weeks at my house a couple years ago, and he just looks at a BMX track differently. And he can, I mean, the guy's just a phenomenal rider. He's fun to watch. He's good around the track and everything like that. So, that's going to be my predictions for the World Cup season to start things off. I think we're going to have to really keep an eye on the Dutch and French team, but I think you're going to have a couple guys in that Swiss team are going to be poking their head in there like they always do and trying to make stuff happen. All those teams, you can tell they've been putting in the work and uh, it's starting to show they're getting some good results and they're kind of kind of what I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of at the beginning of the World Cup series. I mean, hopefully Team USA comes in strong as always. I want to see our riders kicking some butt. But at the same time, I know we're dealing with a few injuries with some of our guys and stuff like that. So that's what's going on kind of in Europe. And let's kick off a little talk on Rock Hill at the moment. Uh, Rock Hill, we saw the USA National Championship first. We'll start off with that. On the junior women's side... Um, it was, it was a solid race. That's one of the best classes out there to watch at the moment. Those girls are just going for it big time. They're always mixing it up every single lap and they're definitely one to watch. Like since they're, they're new and fresh, they're excited, they're pushing each other, they're racing hard. It's a total points race for those girls and they definitely put some good racing action. On the men's side as well, there was all kinds of drama out there on the track. Points were completely scrambled. Cam Wood won the first main and I think he, no, no, I'm sorry. He crashed in the first main. Spencer Cole won the first one, got DQ'd on the next one. The points were completely jumbled all over the place. So basically it came down to kind of a three-way tie in that third and final main, which kind of was cool because it made it a true main. It wasn't a total points at that race. It was whoever wins this one is your USA national champ. And it was a really good race to watch. Cam Wood got the whole shot. Spencer Cole went into the first turn, made a pretty aggressive pass on him and I mean nothing dangerous nothing shady just uh, made an aggressive pass Cam Wood went down Spencer Cole was leading Cam Mason came back through the rhythm and fought back they were literally elbow to elbow handlebar to handlebar laying on each other in that last turn and Spencer Cole still made his way around dropped the elbow in the last turn and pushed it all the way to the line and ended up getting getting the USA National Championship in one of like I said one of the best races I've seen for sure the weekend they were just going back and forth handlebar to handlebar and then uh Mason threw a good little temper tantrum at the finish line and he was a bit bummed out we had a good chat about it the next day he kind of said sorry for what he did but uh you know it showed it showed his emotions out there which I'm not opposed to um but definitely you don't want to be throwing your bike at the finish line and all that stuff but I'll give him credit he came up to me the next day he apologized and we had a good chat and I don't think there's anything wrong with having that emotion because obviously it shows that you're passionate you care about what you're doing but 
As a rider, you got to find the right place and right time. Probably at the finish line in front of everybody isn't the best time to be throwing your bike. Back up to the elite side of things, elite women, I think Elise Willoughby has won that national title since I believe 2011, they, they were saying, 2011. So the girls again had a total points race, three groups, and I think everybody kind of expected Elise to continue to dominate as as she always has been, and she's, she's a phenomenal rider herself. Uh, main number one though, Felicia and Elise went into turn number one, bumping elbows, and Elise took a pretty bad crash, slamming down pretty hard. I actually thought she was hurt worse than she was. It was good to see her get up and to be able to finish out that lap. But that put her in the back of the pack with eight points, and Felicia's sitting on a good number one. In main event number two, Felicia got the whole shot. I'm sure Elise was still a little stung from that first round crash, but Felicia won it uncontested start to finish just hammered it down awesome lap all the way around and you had a good little mix up in towards the middle back of the pack between kind of Brooke and Danny and a few of the other riders I think Brooke finished out third in that one so the points again were a little bit jumbled going into that last round between kind of the back of the pack Felicia had separated herself a bit with those two points in the third round Elise got back up front, did her thing, rode solid, and Felicia did exactly what she needed to do. She knew that she had a good points lead going into that third and final round, so she tucked right behind Elise, cruised it all the way to the finish line, and finished as your newest uh, USA Cycling National Championship. And we haven't seen anybody but Elise run that sleeve in a while, so... It was good just to kind of see the women's ranking kind of mix it up a little bit and Felicia winning that title. Brooke ended up finishing out second, I believe, and Elise finished out third just because she finished out that first round with a last place. On the men's side of things, it was Corbin domination. I mean, the guy just, he looked so good out on this track, but let's be honest, he's won multiple national titles here. He's won the world championship here. Like, Corbin just feels good on this track, and he made the track look effortless, effortless, effortless out there all day long. But we had some new guys on the podium that we hadn't seen on that podium in a little while. And believe it or not, my DK teammate, I'll give him credit, he called the podium out at the beginning of the day. He said exactly who was going to get on it and do his thing. So up on the podium with uh, with Corbin was going to be Jeff Upshaw and Jeremy Smith. It was good to see both of those guys get up there on that podium. Uh, Jeff, we haven't seen too much as of lately. Uh, I know he's been dealing with some Idaho winners back home and hasn't been able to ride as much as he wanted to. So it was good to see him back up there and riding, riding really, really good. I was happy to see. Uh, Jeremy Smith, another fast dude from Florida. He keeps doing his thing, getting quicker and quicker every weekend. So it was good to see him get on that podium as well. Junior, old Cam Larson finished out in the four. So that was your top four for the USA National Championship. And on to the rest of the weekend, not too much changed really. The junior women class, I'd say, was the one that was the biggest back and forth all weekend long. To be honest, like they had total points and I didn't even know who got the win on the rest on most of the weekend just because it was so all over the place. Peyton Reidenhauer, she ended up winning the both days, but again, like just up and down finishes throughout the whole day. I think she won the the second day, day number one of the pro racing or day number two for the for the USA riders since they did national champs. I think she took the win with eight points. So it was it was a good race back and forth all over the place. Junior men was a battle between the same dudes, Cameron Wood and Spencer Cole all weekend long. Those guys went back and forth and battled it out really good. Cam Mason was in the mix as well, making some passes. Uh, we saw a South American rider win on Sunday, and I apologize, I don't even know his name, but it was good to see some new riders in the mix, not just USA guys, and just kind of show how that junior class is expanding. On the elite side of things, uh, day number one, uh, again, of the Nationals, not the USA race, 
It was kind of a surprise as Elise hasn't won or hasn't lost a race since Grands of 2017. And it was kind of a good Felicia and Elise battle again. Elise got the whole shot. She was leading from the beginning of the the, the track. And Felicia was just like on her, just hunting, hunting, hunting. Where to go left, right, where to go, where can I make a pass, where can I make a pass. Elise went into that last turn, left the door open just a little bit. And Felicia took it. She went low, low in that last turn. Went to give Elise the old bump and run, and unfortunately the bump happened, but the run didn't, and first and second place went down, so Felicia and Elise both hit the deck, and Brooke almost squeaked around the crash and was going to go on to win, but unfortunately Elise's bike clipped her just enough to slow her down, and Lauren the Bear Reynolds just cruised right on in and took the big win, and Brooke finished out second. So again, like I kind of I like to see the elite women class mixing it up. It's great to watch Elise always dominate the way she does, but I think it's kind of been good. I think the girls have been a bit complacent for these last little bit and just kind of like looking at second place is almost a win because they just every all the other girls kind of just expect Elise to win. And so it was refreshing just to see some fires being lit and some good battles. I kind of compare it to maybe Sam a couple years ago or Bubba back when I was younger you know, I think the class just kind of assumed like, oh, well, they're going to win. They've won so much. So let's battle for second place. And that's kind of like winning. So it was really good to see just some good competitiveness competitiveness going on in the girls class and have a new new winner, even if it wasn't Felicia who was going for the win. Just have Lauren get up there and get a win. Uh, Sunday, Elise was back on it. She was dominating. She was riding very aggressive, making sure that she was protecting her line. She wasn't going to lose. And she did her thing start to finish all week or all day long, and she won that race. So Elise was back on top of the podium for that Sunday final. On the men's side of things, it was same as national championship. Corbin Shira, I mean, the guy, like I said, on talking about the national champs, the guy was just phenomenal. He killed it start to finish. The entire weekend, he won every main. I don't even know if he lost a lap. I think, no, that I take that back. I think he lost one lap. It was Sunday in the Elite Men semifinal, and they had such a bad headwind down that second straightaway that, believe it or not, out of the two groups of Elite Men, so that's 16 riders, only one rider actually made it over the berm jump. So shout out to my coffee chatter dudes. Palm Dog Millionaire, he was that only guy to make it over the berm jump. And it, it's just it was a, just a really bad headwind, so... Corbin didn't make it there, didn't win, but I think that was the only lap that he dropped all weekend. He made it look easy out there, just track looked good. We had local boy, local, well, semi-local boy, Alfredo Campo and Joris swapped between the second and thirds. Each one of them got a second and a third throughout the weekend. So the podium was the same, just a little little mix up there between two and three. And those guys looked great. Uh, I think Coltizar was another one that looked good, that, that you could tell that it's his home track, and he's been putting in some work out there. He led some laps against some really quick guys. But uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I, kind of, I thought Alfredo was going to be up for the wins a little bit more than he was, just because he is so fast, and it, it is his home track. Uh, I mean, not to take anything away, he rode great. I just thought that I was gonna. He would have been probably my call going into the weekend for a win. So, but Corbin looked really good, did his thing, and got a win. And on the vet pro side, I don't know. I don't like talking about myself and my own racing. So I was lucky enough to pull off a couple more wins this weekend and, and check the boxes there and keep the ball rolling. But it was cool. We had a big class. Like I said, we had the second second biggest pro class of the weekend. So it's it's always fun to have a big vet pro class out there and. So fun class there. I was bombed my uh, my third place homie Jose Diaz, who got third place on the world champs with me the last couple of years. He unfortunately couldn't race. 
He flew all the way out there from Columbia and didn't know that USA BMX's rule has a rule on, you have to be 33. He's only 31 per UCI rules. He's old enough, but he's not old enough per USA BMX. So he had got a nice vacation in the city of Rock Hill, South Carolina. And that kind of wraps up our race talk from both of the weekends there. Let's see, what do we have next? Oh, podcast. Well, first of all, I just want to talk about the podcast. I, I can't thank everybody enough for, for listening and your comments. And I've got some good things of what I want to talk about moving forward. Ideas flowing my way. But I, I just appreciate you guys listening to me. Like I said in the first podcast, this is something real informal and something that I just do for fun. I want to be able to share my views on the sport and things like that. So it was pretty, pretty well received from everybody. So thank you all for those who left comments and subscribed to the page. Everybody else, don't forget to subscribe and also rate the show for me. That makes it look better so it can pop up to so more people can see it. But I did get a couple interesting names. Uh, Brown Eye for the BMX guy. That was that was an interesting one. I sorry I didn't pick that one. It was super hard, but you know, I don't know what kind of logo I would have put on there. My my rail the berm guys said the brownie bakery, another good one. You know, going with the whole cafe Willoughby, you go to the cafe, then you go to the bakery. So shout out to those guys for some of the interesting names. Unfortunately, I had to pass. I like just the TBMX show. Clean, simple, smooth. We don't need to go too much. Don't need to talk about snapping gates or, you know, some of the other ones with high lows and Rayland berms and other stuff like that was kind of already taken. So this just keeps it simple. But I did like I did get a good laugh out of some of those names. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And let's see. What do we got to talk about next year? What did I have? Per the last podcast, it was funny because it was just kind of talking about BMX racing and money and things like that. And I got a good good call from my buddy, Brian Kirkham. You guys might remember him. He is a Olympian from Team Australia, one of my best friends, actually. He moved back to Australia now. He retired from pro racing after the London Olympics, hung it up, and is just a normal family man now. He, he, got a, he, had, he had a little baby boy not too long ago, and so it was good just to catch up with him and kind of talk about some BMX for a little bit with him. And, and I think we kind of have a different view on things now, just in the fact that we both raced pro, we did the sponsorship thing, we did all that stuff, traveled the world, all that fun stuff, and now we kind of have regular jobs. Although I still get a race, and I'm still super blessed and appreciative for the opportunities I get, but we do have a regular job now, and we understand what it's like to to make those paychecks, and we just had a good conversa- conversation about the state of BMX racing and talking about how, like... A pro racer today, like I think sometimes it gets lost that we have to think of it. We have to think of pro racing as as an individual business. Like I'll give me as example, like Tyler Brown, pro BMX racer. Like that is my brand. That is my business. And for me to go out and ask for these sponsorships, I need to be able to provide enough sales back to justify those said sponsorships. And like if you go to a company like like a title sponsorship and ask for twenty thousand dollars a year well you got to remember like you got to sell a heck of a lot of product to justify your deal and and in brian's position what he does at his office he said it's just a known fact he said in my job i have to do a million dollars in in sales to justify my position here if i'm not hitting those marks then i probably won't have a job moving forward because i'm not bringing in enough sales to justify my job and I think kind of in pro BMX racing, and, and this isn't everybody because we definitely have some of our top guys that are killing it and doing a great job of that. But I think we need to remember it's, it's about providing that value. It's, hey, you know, I want you to sponsor me for X. If you don't, and if you, and I want X payment for this job. 
But in order for that for that company to be able to give that sponsorship, the rider needs to guarantee that those sales are coming in. You got to make sure that you're selling enough goggles to justify your $100 a month, whether that be one set of goggles or 10 sets or when it comes to the frames, whatever it may be. Like you got to remember that not only do you have to sell the product, you the, that product has to be made, so there's an expense there. Like chances are you have to be selling double or triple in what you're asking for in sponsorship just to make your position even a break break even point. And that's and that point the company's not even making any profit off of you as a rider. They you just paid for your salary. And the whole point of investing in a employee or a rider or something like that is exactly that. It's an investment. I want to sponsor said rider. So my, my revenue goes up. Me as a business owner, my revenue goes up and I'm going to be making more money if, because if I don't, then there's no point in me kind of sponsoring the rider. And that was, that was kind of an inter- interesting tip and topic that we kind of had. And, and I enjoyed kind of hearing his views on it. And I think, again, it kind of comes from a little bit of, of the fact that we now have those regular jobs and we're not just we're not just out there living the dream and racing BMX, BMX full time, but we understand what it's like to make a real paycheck and sometimes how hard it is to make that, that 500 bucks that we get on the weekend and things like that. So that was, that was kind of a good topic there. Um, let's see. I don't know if I have too much else to talk about on this one, but you know, I want to keep hearing from you guys. It was really fun to kind of get everybody's feedback on, on what they liked on the podcast and what they didn't. And we got some cool topics coming up just talking about, you know, training and racing and how to work. I got everything from how to work on tracks to how do you prepare for the next event and how do you set up your training and all kinds of stuff like that. So feel free to continue to send in your ideas my way and I'd love to bring them up on the podcast and talk about them and I'll do my best to get some guests on here too. Again, like I was saying in the original podcast, this is just something that that I can kind of do whenever I want and feel like it and jump in there and go. But I for sure want to bring some guests on and I want to talk to people a little bit more. I want to share some of my de- my ideas on how to make more money in this sport and what we can do as a whole to make the situation better for everybody involved. And again, just kind of my voice on things and, and what's worked for me and what hasn't. The biggest thing is there's certain things that I've done that, that completely blown up in my face and haven't worked at all. And I'd love to share those things so the next person doesn't waste their time on the same mistakes. And then there's been some cool things that have worked out really well and I've continued to use today, whether that be from a local track standpoint or like we talked about earlier, looking for sponsorship and things like that. So in the meantime, what I got to ask everybody right now, all my social media is at Tyler Brown 316 Please make sure to follow me on there and I want to hear from you. Make sure you comment on, on my post. If you got any questions that you want to hear me talk about on the podcast, feel free to send me messages. I would love to be able to bring them up. Um, if you want to see a specific guest on here, feel free to tag, like, tag that person or tell me who you want to bring on and I'll do my best to get them on and we'll do our best to keep this thing rolling. So I appreciate you all for listening. Again, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast show and enjoy your week. I am off to the Supercross track right now. We're going to go get the man Jared Garcia, get him moving out there quick and ready to go for these World Cups coming up. And you all enjoy your week, and we'll see you for the next time at the TBMX Podcast Show. That's it. See ya.